Good day, this is Jean Roos speaking for this podcast of Mind Warp. This is the third podcast that we will have. We plan to have a few others, but then uh, two bright people in MindRP forced us with an award that they want to first talk about what they have won. So today I want to introduce you to Franke McGannon and Andries Haasbroek. They won an award called the Digital Twin Mind Management and another one at a great annual event, but I'm going to ask them to um, tell you all about them uh, themselves. Firstly, Franco, uh, some introductions about yourself, your role and your interests, and then we'll get to Andries Haasbroek. Thank you very much for the introduction, John. So I'm Franco McGannon from Monarchy. I'm the MindForms products owner at the company and I've been here six years. Thoroughly enjoying my job. I've, my interests include doing reckless things on skateboards, sometimes flying and then generally technology and advancements in any technology. And I'm totally thrilled with the award that we won. Excellent. Andres yourself. Hi, I'm Andres Hasbrook and uh, yeah, I uh, am interested in many extreme sports uh, as well and that's actually how myself and Franco met. We did downhill skateboarding together, did many trips to the Cape to, to go race there and um, only later started working together. Um, I'm here at MinorP for almost a year now and involved with the uh, VR and AR development of our digital twin virtual mind. Apparently you studied as a... I studied as an architect. Architect. So, so architects into uh, mining IT, that's quite interesting. A, a real architect, a bricks and mortar architect, not a, not a software one. <laughs> yes, I actually have an architecture degree, not, not a, a, a network cable management degree. Well, maybe we talk more about these extreme sports of you two guys. I think uh, you're getting a little bit older. One of you are married, so um, hopefully you're starting to uh, stop with these extreme sports. Yes, no? Yes, uh, the rubber magic's run out. So <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so tell us about this award at the annual MTN Business IoT Solutions. What are the awards? So MTN hosts a yearly conference in regarding the IoT space and it invites quite a few people to compete in this. It's the third annual one that they've held now and it has become the biggest IoT conference in the Southern Hemisphere with wow. over 750 companies entering into this competition. What? And then 50 of them being shortlisted, going through to do a presentation at, at MTN. And you've only got 10 minutes to do this presentation. And for our international audiences, who is MTN? MTN is a mobile telecommunications network in South Africa. And they expanded quite heavily into Africa, all the way up into Nigeria. They've got a large investment there. They're one of our biggest telecommunications providers in the country. The awards they held was to get the best and the brightest out there to be able to show what, what's going on in IoT in Africa. So there were five categories of which we won one of the categories and then we won the overall award as well. Amazing. Sure. And who are the partners that you won this with and what does each of the partners do? So Flowcentric Technologies is a partner of ours that provides the MindForms platform that we incorporated into our enterprise solution. They specialize in business process management and they're also from Centurion. And then the other partner was Spiracense, a specialized IoT company also in Centurion which provided the IoT hardware, which we based a lot of the solution on. Mm. Before we get into what the solution was about, I do understand that you also play around with IoT stuff at home, or used to, maybe your job got tough. Uh, that is the case, isn't it? I've got a lot more technology hidden at home than my wife should know about. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but it's about the passion of Andres and mine. Oh, Andres, yourself play. as well? Yeah, we're, we're, we're both geeks, so... Um... <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, and these, uh, tell us about the solution. Uh, the solution I see is called Digital Twin Mine Management. What is this about? This is basically, we were showing our capabilities of um, consolidating data coming from a mine into a digital twin. And with that, we mean it's not a digital copy. A digital twin is real time. It shows you what's going on right now. It's not what's going on last week or last month. So it's um, not a sibling, it's a twin. <laughs> It's a twin, and as uh, John likes to say, it was born on the same day. Yeah. So um, that's what we were trying to showcase here. This being an IoT competition, we decided to, to focus our presentation on the IoT part of it. So it's actually a very small part of our total um, package that we offer. But in order to show the IoT part, VR was a very nice tool to actually explain to them and show them what we're talking about, that these sensors are sitting in a mine and not on the table right in front of them. Before you tell me more about VR, uh, Franco, maybe I want to ask you, uh, uh, this is what MineRP does, is lots of data together. So what parts of the MineRP framework did you use in this demo? So as Andrew said, we, we showed them a small part of the solution. We've got this big wheel that we can turn and show you many parts of this. The core components that we used was our uh, MIRS database, where we combined all the data from the IRC sensors into one place. We used the MindForms business process management solution, and then we used the virtual reality components. We wanted to add on the spatial dash so that we can show the functionality of viewing information on a tablet, desktop, wow. virtual reality, or any other form wow. of so, so before you tell me about the collaboration part, the mind forms and mind flow part, tell us more about the VR part. What is that? Okay, so VR is a field that we've been moving into and that specifically to think, uh, prepare ourselves for the future. I think that augmented reality specifically is going to be the way which we interact with computers in the future, with data in the future. I think the whole idea of your desktop computer is going to change. And I'm talking not five years in the future, maybe even more, but that's definitely in my eyes where things are moving. And this is a way for us to start planning now already, to not be caught unaware when things start turning in this way. Many companies are spending a lot of money in developing hardware for this, hardware solutions and we are investigating a lot of different options. So the VR is the first step in preparing ourselves for the augmented future. And with this, we are able to draw all of our data from spatial database, making it available in Unreal Engine, which is a game engine. From there, we're able to experience it in full 3D, in full stereoscopic depth in virtual reality. Wow. In virtual reality, you are also able to see your hands being tracked with that, we're able to query 3D points in that, that virtual space and draw that query back to our spatial database and get whatever data we have from there wow. then into the, the VR world. So it's not only a game, it's a game of, of real data coming from a real mine and it, it brings oh. real potential and it's live. So, so before we carry on that, how does the architect fit into that? I think I've got the picture more it's about to explain to our listeners. I think during my second, <laughs> well, late, late first year, second year of architecture, I got into quite a bit of, of trouble for working on the computer too much. They wanted me to work on drafting board with the paper and pen, and I was too lazy to do that. <laughs> so that got me into the computer um, modeling world, the computer rendering world. From architecture, I moved into industrial design, spent a bit of time working in that, and VR was just one of my passion. It drew, drew me and um, I got myself a nice setup and I actually became a VR a software tester for some companies in America and then uh, Manopi approached me wow. 
to come head up so, their, their VR division? So um, when I put one of those goggles on, I've only done it once, I wanted to throw up. So this is probably not for people like me, it's probably for younger people. And then the last nine months, <laughs> I was very interested to hear minds and the strategic thinking, thinking about this. So firstly was Goldfields in the, the, the digital transformation strategy. They brought under 25 years old together. They flew them right across the world. They also visited, visited the Chilipitch mine of Dundee. And we also heard it from, from uh, BHP uh, some weeks ago. We, they're saying, what are the kids thinking of today? They don't want to come work in mining. How do we get them back into mining? Could this <laughs> yeah. be an answer for some of this? The idea is that you're able to see live scans, live data coming from the mine. And in theory, you should be able to then make decisions based on those data because you're seeing it in a first-person view without ever having to go into the mine. The thing is, a specialized engineer loses incredible amount of time with having to move travel. to mm. the workplace. Mm. Travel underground is really slow and time-consuming and also not fun. So then, yeah, then... <laughs> so in VR, we, we can just... Well, we're talking to, to miners now, so be careful now. <laughs> well, so in, in, in VR, we can just teleport you right there. You so this means that we probably can tap into a whole new market. The other thing that we heard last week, this is something that Rikus Grimbeek, the COO of Valet, had a LinkedIn post that he says, we are hard at work here at Valet. We are building a method for the implementation of Hubology and Hublets. And uh, after seeing them Tuesday last week, it was great, him and his team, they explained to us they're removing all the people from the mines that are able to do some deep thinking about the future of the mine and the management thereof. Is um, VR, AR uh, part of it, uh, Franco? Can, uh, can, can that play a role? Definitely. With data being available live anytime, anywhere, you can now literally live a second life in a virtual underground world where you're sitting at one point and you can transport from one mine to a different mine on a different continent, see the data live, and actually being able to interact with the digital world back to physical reality. What our solution presented is showing the ability to, in virtual reality, assess a situation, launch a process that it goes to a physical person underground at that mine with its habit to make a change. He does a change and immediately you can view it in your hub what happened underground. This is where you use Flowcentric as well. So tell us a little bit about that. So with the Flowcentric process, we built a set of triggers in the background that alerted the mind manager in this situation. It was Andres in virtual reality that there's a problem in his mind. He puts on his headset and he goes to the place where the problem is and you can see all the data from all the various sensors, smoke, airflow, gas and temperature sensors. Wow. And the scenario we had is there was no airflow, so gas build up, temperature build up and there was smoke due to an overheating piece of machinery. He then instructs a person via a process to go do something It goes to the control room, which is completely separated from here, where he is. Control room sends down a, a task to somebody underground with the tablet, and he can immediately go to the point of interest, see what's going on, fix it, and notify the guy on the surface again that this has now been fixed, and he verifies that it's fixed by going into VR and going into the point. It sounds like there's a, some place for uh, machine learning there as well to correlate all the data, data points. Definitely, definitely, especially if you're looking at having 10,000 sensors instead of just yeah, four sensors. Yeah, yeah, wow. And the third partner that uh, worked with us, what was their part of the solution? So Spirosense provided us with the physical sensors and the network backbone. So their network backbone works on a very interesting concept it runs on 24 volts and it is you can cut it at any point in the line and add a new uh, sensor without taking down the whole network these devices are built for mining spec which is in my in my opinion better than military spec and <laughs> yeah. it, is really, it is a thoroughly thought through physical hardware network sure. that they've built 
Uh, moving on forward, there was also a second award that Industry 4.0 Solution. Who else were in that category and, and uh, yeah, so tell us more about that. So Industry 4.0 Solution is one of the five categories. The okay. biggest best hardware, best commercial okay. solution, most disruptive solution. And the one that's, that comes to mind is the Valgeformden Game Reserve up in the northern part of South Africa who presented an incredibly interesting IoT big data machine learning solution with a university from the Netherlands. And I saw them compete against us in the final four list, and I'm like, we can't win this one against these guys. They they were just phenomenal. Wow. And when they chose us instead of them, I, I was quite... You guys were shocked. Yeah, guys shocked. Excellent. And it's probably because mining is so important and mining is picking up and everybody's interested in it and it can also save this country. In South Africa, we, we are sitting, but we are a global company, so that's probably because of all those factors. I think as well, we showed them a little bit of our strategy, and I think they could see that there's a larger picture that we thought through. It's not just this small presentation. It's a mature solution that we've rehearsed quite a few times. Okay, so let's, let's move on from that point about the strategy. How do you see this solution that, we, that you've put together now fit in with the millisecond mining strategy? And to the listeners, uh, we will still talk about that. We will have some separate interviews, but you can already get a sneak preview of that on this interview. How does it fit into that and maybe to the ecosystem uh, strategy of, of MineRP? So I'll, I'll answer the ecosystem part, and I think Andres can talk about the millisecond mining to a certain extent. But within the ecosystems, we have this drive that we want to be able to view any point of data through any discipline on any device at any time. And this allows us to be able to do that. We can fit a very, very new bleeding edge technology into our solution quickly. And we can also, as I said in the uh, other words, we be able to coexist with other vendors to be able to create a solution for the clients. You can't be a single vendor in the current world. So this solution, this area is so complex that no one company can solve it. There are many reports that have said that. The 2015 Deloitte report said, get yourself an ecosystem, dear miner. And this is probably, this is what we're playing into? Yes, yes, definitely. With three companies from three diverse backgrounds being able to sit together and present the solution shows that we can work as an ecosystem. Wow. And I think that's it, it, that's what gave us the edge in this. And then what the hell is millisecond mining, Andres? Millisecond mining. You know, miners measure yes. once a month, so so do they really need the yeah, millisecond the, things? The, the problem is you would measure once a month, do your planning for that month, and then you would extrapolate previous months and guess what your next month's going to be. And then through that month, you might want to reiterate your program, but can't because you'll only get new information next month. So, and then unfortunately, the new information next month usually tells you how wrong you were. And you can do nothing about it. <laughs> yeah. So the idea of millisecond mining is to take that bad loop out of the system and give you real-time information. And that's So not 12 decision points per year, hundreds of decision points per year. Hundreds at the click of a button. When you need it, that's when it is there. And yeah, it, it just makes your, your whole predictability of uh, your strategy much more refined, gives you a lot more focus in right, okay. what, what you get into. Excellent. I think we'll interview the uh, millisecond crowd more, um, so you can hear more to, uh, about this, but it is clear, I think you can clearly see how this solution uh, can uh, augment such a solution, but uh, there's some really interesting stuff that we'll talk about. So what is next for this ecosystem solution, Franco? So as part of the prize that we won for the MCN IoT Awards 2018 is we won funding to go attend the North American IoT Expo in, 
in Silicon Valley. When is that? It is mm-hmm. 28th and 29th of November this year. Uh, I'm thoroughly excited. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is, it's three concurrent conferences in one big conference venue. It's the big data conference, the AI conference, and the IoT conference, and there's a NASA presentation. So I'm really excited. Oh, that's lovely. <coughs> Space <Excellent>. mining. <laughs> and, and, and where does this fit into the solution roadmap for, for MineRP, or let's say the strategy roadmap for it? I think a lot of our partners, our big partners, especially General Electric, is going to be there. And Microsoft. Microsoft is going be to there. be there. So it's going to be good for us to be able to interact with them. SAP probably, yeah. Um, and we'll show to them what we've done this side. I think we've got yeah. a few sneaky plans hidden that we're going to extrapolate on the solution as, for example, the augmented reality part. Yeah. And, and being able to get more sensors and more data. For example, we have a smart mining helmet coming in now that will give us data regarding the person in the mine, not just the mine. So, Andres, I believe you hold some records for extreme sports, uh, this thing that you spoke about skating. So, <laughs> when I ask you, are you going in there to win for this, for this award in November? <laughs> of course. <laughs> we, we never do anything if we don't think that we've got a good chance of actually winning. Excellent. Any words for the teams that you worked with? So, from the Flow Century guys who enabled us, they came to us and asked if we wanted to compete. I'm thoroughly thankful for the fact that they've just came to us and said, you guys look like a good partner. To Any names that we should, should circle out or <laughs> Definitely not? Definitely <laughs> Dennis Bench, he's the CTO for First Century. Thank you, Dennis. Uh, and then Heather, Heather McDade, she's a marketing manager that side. She's been absolutely wonderful in getting the words that we write into something that's readable to the normal person. Thank you, Heather. <laughs> and then Max Kleinfeld, he's the developer from First Centric that helps, with, uh, helps us with the processes. Yeah. I owe him. Quite yeah, he uh, specifically helped me to make the buttons bigger so that I could actually use them oh, okay. within VR. Okay. Thank you. Uh, what about Spiracense? Who worked with you there? We have to say thank you to Charles and Eben from Spiracense for all the effort they did with creating the small portable network that they brought to us and getting a, a small server up and running. That was a big part of the demonstration. And Without them, we wouldn't have been able to do this. Yeah, thank, thank you very much. much. And then in MineRP? So MineRP, I must say, it is, it's the fact that we ask the senior stuff if we can do something and, and the answer is yes don't let anything interfere with your work and it's of course <laughs> the fact that the people say it feels like cheating because we won because we've only been working on this version of the solution not for true. three weeks we've been working on this for 20 odd years so that's true that's right that's true right. right. yeah. and uh in the internal team uh, what what products have you used and uh, as you said we've been working for 20 years on, on this demo so what parts have you used and specific people that stands out for you Specifically, we need to say thank you very much to Yakua and Paul who provided us with the mobile ISEC device that we can create the Wi-Fi network with. And for Philip Pitzer for giving us the larger strategy and all the slides and the information regarding that. I think that's what pulled it through for us. Yeah, Excellent. Thank you very much. And product-wise, product-wise it might not be? Product-wise it was MindForms basically. <laughs> so that was a, a very small part of it. Excellent. Uh, yeah. Okay, my last final trick question that we ask all our uh, uh, visitors, uh, what are you reading currently? So, I'm just you guys. <laughs> um, mostly motorcycle magazines. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Good. So, extreme sportsmen, uh, people that uh, don't go into lose motorcycles probably fits the, the framework. Yourself, Franco? Uh, human performance and flight planning, seeing as I'm still studying right now, and that's all I get time to read. <laughs> so, Excellent. Brilliant. Good. Thank you very much. Uh, I think that's a on the dot at 20 minutes like we said we wanted to do. Um, that's great. We wish you well with what you're thinking about. Uh, how old are you, the, the, the two of you? I am 34. I'm just turned 30. 
So, listeners, you can hear uh, young, young people, or well, not 25 anymore, but five years after that, uh, really thinking about what the future of MinoP will be and how things will work together. And you said more than five years, and I think some of these components will get into minds much earlier. I yeah. think we're going to see it within the next two years. We can have this active introduction at most of the yeah. mines and, and the big mines. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm thinking your your desktop PC will be replaced within about five years. Five years. Okay. Now. Excellent. Thank you very much for coming in. Good luck. Cheers. Bye bye. Thank you. Thank you, John. Bye.